Welcome to Sharing the Word. I'm your host, Dr. Driver. In our last episode, I was talking about arguing. And it seems like there's more than just a pandemic of a COVID-19. There's a now a pandemic of constant arguing and fighting. There's so much division going on around the world from seeing the convoy and Canada and people lying and starting arguments and smearing one another and divisiveness is going on to now even governors across our United States from blue governors as they call them state governors to red governors state governors now are relaxing mandates and everybody's arguing over it what about the science what about CDC what about the president what everybody wants to have an argument over something and I covered a lot of scriptures relating to arguing in our last episode and the Bible's telling us that a Christian is not supposed to argue but does that mean we're silent to what's going on let me again explain arguing is a contentious communication model where two people are stating their position that they both cannot come to an agreement. That's an example of an argument. James chapter 4 really goes into detail when he talks about where do fights and arguments come from. So James chapter 4 gives us the foundation or the root where all this strife comes from. And why it continues even in our country. Why it continues in marriages. Why it continues in any relationship you may have. So in James chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Where do wars and fights come from? Where do wars and fights come from? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your own pleasures. Now, this is a version of the Bible that some can say, well, my version of the Bible says it differently. Okay, King James, New Living Translation, all these different versions of the Bible come to the point of arguments as well. I'm reading from the New King James Version. So it's really still relative that we find that wars and fights come from among us because we have what I call impure motives. We have desires that we don't get met, that we have our own flesh, members of our flesh, warring against us because we lust and we covet and so on. 
So everything about arguments is all about someone wanting to be safe, wanting to feel protected, wanting to be validated, want to feel vindicated because of where they're at and how they think and see the world. That's where fights and wars come from. But the Bible tells us we have to be very careful about that. Now, my friends, I know we're going to have arguments or disagreements with people no matter what. And so when we think about why there's continuing to be all these arguments over things that don't matter, then we have to say, but why do we do it in the church? Why do we have arguments and talks about things that we're not experts in, like, say, science or um, government, or we're not knowledgeable about natural disasters and why they start and how come we have this and the global warming and everything else. Everybody's arguing about their positions on things that they don't have the acumen to really communicate clearly what it means. Ask yourself, why argue? Now, when the Bible tells me in 2 Timothy chapter 2, looking at verse 23, it says, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. So if I want to take one verse, just one verse, this is one I would say, put it on your wall, put it in your room, put it somewhere, put it to where you know, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. One of the things that I found very interesting about science when it came to, say, the COVID vaccine. And there are those who believe that getting vaccinated would cause more problems. There's some science to back that up. But you have to do an exhaustive research on um, vaccinations and the reasons why we have vaccines and so on, and why people have to have vaccines because maybe their immune system has been compromised or it's weak or it just needs to be taken care of. So that's just one example. Some actually get into arguments about pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. Now, as a student of eschatology, and even when I went to seminary on that, there are many people that I sat around, even in class, that really believed there's a post-tribulation. Some were saying, no, I believe in mid-trib, and I'm a pre-trib kind of guy. So I kind of went, okay. So everybody had their scriptures, watch this, to argue their point. That's why we have different denominations. And I let them explain to me their position. My spirit didn't bear witness, did not confirm what they were saying was accurate, but they were still using scripture. Please follow this example. My examples of pre-tribulation, I used equal or maybe a little bit more than they did. And even when they had some light bulb that came on that said, hmm, this may make sense. Let me now add that to my knowledge for reassessment. But they stuck to their position because if they don't stick to their position, then it shows they were weak. So I say it's not always a wise decision 
to hang on to your position or your argument to die on the field of ignorance or because you're wrong, because your pride won't let it go that you are wrong. Sometimes the information you're getting is the final ingredients to everything you've been talking about. So you really have to let go of your pride so that you can hear additional information, additional positions, so that you can reevaluate, synthesize the information carefully, analyze all the details you have, and then find out if everything you were saying was inaccurate. And if it was inaccurate, listen to me, if it was inaccurate, admit to it. I only had part of the puzzle. I had part of the ingredients, but not all of it. So until you humble yourself and renounce, let me say this again, until you humble yourself and renounce your pride, you're never going to have new knowledge. Stubbornness, rebellion, pride will lead to your downfall. I'm open to hear any argument that will get me some kind of revelation of truth that I can say, huh, I guess, wow, thank you for that information. But unless you are 100% accurate, which I believe there is nothing new under the sun, as you've already heard those episodes on Ecclesiastes, if you really believe you're 100% accurate, then stand on that. Stand on it. But if you have partial information, 75% of the information, don't close your mind to listen to somebody else's opinion on what they know about the fact that you're defending at 75 or 50% of reliability. But if you know 100% it is true, then what's the point of arguing with anyone that's operating on little to very weak substance of truth or fact for this conversation? So when it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes knowing that they generate strife, and then verse 24 says, and a servant of the Lord must not Repeat it with me. Must not quarrel. Must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach patiently, with humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God permits, will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. So there are times when you're having an argument with someone. Satan is involved stirring the pot. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, my friends, but against powers and principalities of the air. So I want you to take 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 23 through 26, very seriously. A servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Quarreling, quarreling is emotionally letting your mouth 
speak for you. Quarreling is actually having you lose your sense of reality so that you can continue to make your position emotionally versus trusting in the logic and the fact that you have. So if you have logic and fact to your information, why argue, why shout, why scream, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. That is sin, and that's why the Bible says, do not argue. A servant of the Lord must not argue, because arguing leads to strife. Arguing leads to fights. Arguing leads to what? Destruction of relationships. If you have confidence in your position, be calm about it. Be in the spirit. Be gentle. Be humble, as the Bible says. Correcting those who are in opposition to you. Correcting those who are in opposition to you. I teach a lot of classes on conflict resolution. And even though we're not perfect, we are all subject to getting into fights, arguments, misunderstandings with everyone. We, we are not perfect. I'm not perfect. But I do know this one technique does work. When there's someone who's in arguments with you, and they're just emotionally speaking, they bring up the past, they bring up things 20 years ago that you have no clue, they can't stick to the subject. I think you understand this. They're on an emotional rant. Ask them a point question just to stop the arguing from escalating. Sometimes the techniques that you can learn out there is, you know, redirect and, you know, make it about you, if you will, by saying, I heard you say this about me, so because of me, this is the reason why it's happening. Okay, you don't want to point the you, you don't want to point your finger and say you, 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 so you make it about, okay, I heard that you said that I, so it's a I thing, uh, me, I did this to you, I'm so sorry. Okay, you can acquiesce, you can bow down to it, but that's not healthy. Arguing, as we learn in James chapter 4, where they come from, learn where they come from. Go to James 4 again, look at verses 1 through 3, and understand where wars and fights come from. Once you understand James 4, verses 1 through 3, you can avoid a lot of foolish arguments with anyone. And then 2 Timothy 2 tells you to avoid it. I'm not going to argue about the mask. I'm not going to argue about vaccines. I'm not going to argue about pre-trib, mid-trib, and post-trib. I'm not going to argue with those things. I have my information. I can evaluate my science. I can evaluate the facts that I know about. I can evaluate those things. I'm intelligent enough to do that, but I'm not going to argue over it. If my choices provide safety for me and my family, then what's the point of arguing? So I can walk around and beat my chest and say, look, I convinced that person to follow my ideas. I got that person to believe what I believe in. It's a pride thing when you argue because you want someone to bow down to your ideology or your argument position so that they can say, oh, you're right, you're right, because you have no self-efficacy of who you really are. So if you want people to always say, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're insecure. Because the argument that you're having is not always based in fact. It's based on emotion. So when it says avoid foolish, you're arguing with a fool, you should not be doing that. Read Proverbs. We talked about that in previous episodes. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes. Ignorant disputes are things that are not based on fact. Foolish arguments is someone who's arguing because it's an emotional thing for them. 
And then the Bible tells you in 2 Timothy 2, knowing that by arguing with them, it will lead to or generate strife. So you want to be obedient to the Lord? Know where the history comes from, where fights and wars come from, James 4. But then look at why 2 Timothy is telling you. Paul was trying to tell Timothy as a young minister, be careful. People are going to bait you into an argument. Don't argue with people about the law. Don't argue about your new faith as a Christian. Don't argue about grace. Don't argue about mercy. Don't argue about Sabbath days and, 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 and genealogies and things of that nature. Don't argue about those things. Because he says that a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all. Able to teach them by being patient, with humility. And hopefully, they would be, let's say, not embarrassed that you're right, but they too are humbled, and they repent for their pride and arrogance. This is what the word is saying here. My friends, this is why we're going to continue to see wars and fights and arguments everywhere we go. Why there's family members that won't talk to somebody, because they want to build this idol of a disagreement and worship at that idol that the reason why they don't talk to a family member is because of a strife or an argument or what somebody said or did. So they keep bowing to this idol, this emotional pagan idol of strife because they don't want to now admit that their part in the equation caused a problem. They won't admit it. That's why there's strife among you. But you want somebody to look at themselves and be gentle about it and humble and say, hey, look, I'm sorry we had this disagreement. Hey, I am so sorry that you misunderstood me. Let me explain one more time. And if they still don't get it and they want to argue over it, drop it. Let it go. That's on them. Move on and let the Lord deal with that person. Amen? In Titus chapter 3, we're going to look at chi Titus chapter 3. And this kind of sums it up for me. In Titus chapter 3, looking at verse 9, he says, But avoid foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. So let me give you this in closing. Timothy and Titus were mentees or disciples of Paul. And Paul technically raised them in the ways of God, in the ways of the Lord. Young Jewish men. And then he used them to go around spreading the gospel and giving reports to the churches that they set up from Philippi, to Colossia, to Corinth, and so on. So he sent them to go and give them, here's what's going on with Paul, and then get feedback from them so they can go back to Paul and tell him, here's what's going on with the church, even though Paul was in prison. Okay, so that's the background. But what Paul was giving them was really solid, powerful information that all of us should live by. Where do strife and arguments come from. We learn James 4. But then here is Paul giving the same reiteration, same message to now another disciple or minister, a young minister 
who Paul calls uh, a spiritual son. So these are his boys, if you will. So you could say you could share the same type of information to your family members, to your wife or husband, your children, your cousins, your mom and dad, uncles, grandparents. Share this information is what I'm going to tell you. Avoid foolish disputes. Foolish disputes. Avoid foolish discussions that only lead to arguments. And he says, foolish disputes, genealogies, contentions, and strivings about the law. The law of the Torah, the law of grace, the law of the pandemic, the law of what's going on in this state versus that state. Stop arguing, he's saying. For they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a divisive man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. So what he's saying to Titus is that no matter how many times you try to be, let's say, a peacemaker, there are going to be those who just want to continue to argue. And you could say, hey, look, just drop the subject. They want to keep arguing. It feeds them. It gets their flesh going, James 4. So Paul is telling Titus, stop arguing with them. Warn them once that you're not going to argue with them. You're not going to have this conversation again. Warn them a second time. After that, get away from the scenario. Get away from the picture. Get away from that person. Let them fall under that condemnation or them fall under their own condemnation. Don't get brought back, baited in to continue the argument. I've argued with certain foolish people in my early days, and I could tell you those arguments lasted for hours from midday all the way up till midnight and you're you're going why are we still talking why are we still arguing you've been through that if you've been through that let me hear an amen even in your car or where you're at hey look if the argument can't be resolved after say 30 minutes to an hour it's time to end it it's time to end it and if you can do that you'll have some peace of mind so i want to close by telling you that I love you enough to care, and I want to pray, I'm going to have a prayer here, that we got to be people of peace. It doesn't mean you're silent. Listen to what I said earlier. It doesn't mean you don't speak your position. You just don't argue it. Arguing is an emotional elevation of your expression to your thought and your ideas. Why argue? If you believe in them, believe in them. If you got the facts, rest on the facts. I'm not going to argue that Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I'm not going to argue with you over that. There's people that would argue. I'm not going to argue that he was God in the flesh. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with you that he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. And get this, he rose from the grave after three days. And he appeared to more than 500 people in a 40-day window. And then he ascended in heaven and sits at the right hand of God. I'm not going to argue with you. And guess what? He's coming back again to judge the living and the dead. I I'm not going to argue with that. That is my facts. That is my life. That is my experience. That is my relationship. And I got the word of God that's going to tell me and everyone that would read it, everything I just said is true. So why argue? Why argue? Live by faith Live in obedience to God, to his word, and God's word is true. Let every man be a liar, but God's word 
will always be true. Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for this word. I pray, Father God, we will walk with boldness and confidence. I pray, Father, we would only speak truth, not opinion. I pray that your word will come out of our mouth, not our emotions, and everything that we believe is, is justified to say. I ask, O oh Lord my God, fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we will always speak your words, not our words, so that the name of Jesus Christ will always be glorified. Thank you for this message, my Lord and my God. Oh, I love you, Lord. Blessed be your holy name. Thanks for listening to Sharing the Word. Join me again as we discuss Bible topics that will help you live a victorious life through Jesus Christ.